With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 212, After the Whistle, big show tomorrow. Thomas Fanick going to join us, as he always does on Tuesday. But I have a very special surprise again two weeks in a row on a Tuesday for Craig and Thomas. So you're going to want to tune into that tomorrow. Um, Lots to talk about in the NHL, Anthony. For those of you who don't know, Craig's real name is Anthony. From the New York Rangers uh, deciding not to wear their Pride Night warm-up jerseys to Trevor Zegers possibly saying some of the worst shit we've seen in quite a while. We'll talk about some of the crazy stuff we've heard. Allegedly. Allegedly, thank not you. not confirmed. That like I always, mean, that word always gets us out of trouble. Allegedly, allegedly gets you out of trouble. Yes, allegedly it does. said. And listen, I mean, it, it's it's a super hot topic. Uh, Trevor Zegras, you know, one of the one of the elites, young stars uh, in the NHL today, um, had some words on the ice the other night, playing the Arizona Coyotes and. Um, Said something in a scrum when there was a big scrum with all the boys in there, uh, throwing the throwing the knuckles and pushing each other around. He said something that certainly sparked um, Troy Stetcher's, uh, you know, and the reaction of this young man. You could tell that there was something very inappropriate said, and uh, there's speculation on it, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, well, we're th- we're there. Let's we'll, we'll we'll talk about the Rangers stuff. Sabers okay. almost in the playoffs. Uh, there was something else that you brought up that I thought was pretty e-bug. Cool. e-bug, the e-bugs. We did the player cast for the hockey night e-bug. Canada. We did that game live. We were doing that with PJ Stock, and what what a moment that was! Like, okay, so and the Sabers are knocking on the door of the playoff spot. Kind of blew with it off one more team. with one more game before the All Star break. Yeah, yeah. So let's stay on Zegers for a minute. Allegedly, he said something, or people are th- assuming that he said something about Troy. How do you say his last name? Stetcher? Stetcher. Troy Stetcher. Troy Stetcher's yeah. father passed away. And I guess people are saying that they think, you know, reading lips. Eh? He, reading pointed, lips. he pointed, pointed to in the scrum, multiple, you know, back and forth, few uh, punches to the head. Zegris said something and people are speculating that it's something about Troy Stetcher's father who passed away in 2020 um, with complications with diabetes. Um, That's what they're speculating. No one knows what's happening. So I I hate to, I hate when I hear something that, that offside, that wrong, that someone would go to, um, just go that like i mean i'm gonna tell you right now like that was my situation i'm gonna tell you right now zegris wouldn't have finished that game right so did you have you heard what they said uh about um, what he said they asked them both the only thing um 
right now it, it's uh, Craig Morgan. I don't know who Craig Morgan is. He's on Twitter. Um, he Blue says, Jack I can Mark, confirm. Uh, well, I, listen, Let's I mean, know who this guy, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, you gotta confirm your sources here. I mean, I, I mean, I read something from someone I think is legitimate. It's hard to tell who's legitimate nowadays. Cause everybody can pay for the, for the, 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 the legitimacy. Yeah. But apparently he is, he is a Phoenix sports reporter. Perfect. Um, guy NHL, perfect guy NHL network uh, yeah. podcast, you know, so he, What's his name? Craig Morgan. There you go, Craig Morgan. So he says, uh, um, I can confirm via the Coyotes that Anaheim forward Trevor Zegers did not say anything about Troy Skatcher's father during the dust-up last night, but per a team source, he crossed the line in quotations, some very inappropriate comments. Stetcher, the who, who uh, Zegers said it to, um, Stetcher has declined comment on the topic. Now, I would imagine that uh, in this situation, um, to really do a, a nice job of calming this man down after a game, the public relations people that deal with the players on a daily basis, I'm sure that there was communication conversation that before this young man went back into the room to discuss with reporters that he clearly had the proper mind frame and understanding not not to say anything about what was said on the ice okay that will be kept internally it might get leaked we do not know but uh, i'd be curious I'd be curious or, to hear or is what... there some kind of a mutual agreement that they won't bring it up and a, an apology was made and a request was made of can we just not say that he didn't say that because he would get his ass kicked for that whether physically get his ass kicked or just uh publicly you know court of public opinion when it comes to fan base is this guy not on the cover of the fucking hockey game he is Okay. He's the cover okay. on. Uh, He's what, on the cover the of NHL, the game. Uh, He's on the cover of my kid's game with uh, Sarah Nurse. Right. Yeah. They, you can't have the cover of the NHL guy saying that. So I could see. Well, we don't know what he said. Okay. So we just well, don't want to. Clearly, clearly, listen, it was something that was. What crosses the line? What crosses the line? It depends. It depends because I'm going to tell you, there's, girlfriend, there's, wife, there's two lines to be sister, crossed. No, mother, no, no. Listen to me. There's father, lines in in everyday brother. society. Okay, in everyday society, how we speak to people on on a, in general on a daily basis is very different than being on the ice or in a locker room amongst men. Okay, what we say to each other. I think in everyday society is completely offside. We all have grown up with basically a lot thicker skin, a lot thicker skin than most people. Um, when you get on the ice, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you were cutthroat. I heard things uh, from you on the bench towards me when I played for the frigging Canadians. I just trying to do my job. And oh, my God, you scared the shit out of me, barking like a junkyard dog. And the things that you said to me 
if you were to say at work in everyday society, you would literally be fired and quite frankly, might be in jail. Okay. Um, and, and so I'm, is it okay to laugh at that? It is. Well, listen, I mean, that is, I don't know. That is the environment. Okay. Like if you don't think that, like, I just think when I think of chirping and, and, and stuff like that, like we played with players, we played against players that were that chirp back and forth, you know, you know, like I played with some, I heard some things that were completely, completely ruthless and offside, both toward me, toward me. So, I mean, the, the shit that was said to me, it's just paying it forward. Like, I mean, like that's all you're doing. But but there is a line. There is a line. There is a line. There There's is a line. Always been a line. And I and I I can probably go back and tell you what I said to you because it was a lot of it was acting. A yes. lot of that is acting. A lot of it is, but when you go to a, a line and you get to a point. And you decide to cross it. There are the ramifications that come along with that. Now we don't live in this in the era that we once did, where guy wouldn't have made it out of the scrum. The referee yeah. would have been hurt by guys trying to get at him to try to rip his teeth out of his mouth. I mean, let's let's be completely honest. We've 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 both. I played in the league a very long time. I, back when I came into the league pro in 94, 95, 95, 96, and I started to play my my time in the NHL, um, if you said something that was offside, you ultimately would have to, um, you would also have to stand up for what you said because whatever is said trickles back to the bench Guys that are on the bench back in the mid nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, there was players, multiple players on a team that their jobs were to police actions on the ice. So if you are going to chirp somebody in a disrespectful way, it goes back to the bench. The guys on the policemen on the bench go back on the ice and they basically make you pay for what you said. That's the way things go. It was well, you policed know what... within within the game. As as my time went on in in, in the NHL, and we went into the two thousands, and and then into the late two thousands, the policemen became less and less on the bench. The game got faster. The game became more skilled, and there was more disrespectful chirping okay more disrespectful chirping because players knew that they there was no accountability to it do you do you agree with, with I, what I, i'm saying I, I agree with all of it it'll be interesting to see what happens because if i were trevor zegris i mean this will rumble around the entire league so Listen, and, I mean, and we're, listen, we're, and, and we're again, in the league I'm, of social media. Going, my problem is I'm still going off the off the 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 premise that it is it was something he said about his dad. Yeah, and so, and, and, but and clearly, I will say this again. I will say this again. Just it's going one to more be thing before secret, you, which but 
Someone's going to find out. Someone on the other teams, next time they play Arizona, we'll know what he said because we'll yeah. we'll find out if one of these big monsters they have on that team are going to go and take matters into their own hands. They have a big team. They have a big they have a big team. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And I just I want to say this again, Craig Morgan who works um media media reporter for the uh um for the Coyotes stated that Trevor Zegers did not say anything about Troy Sketcher's father in the dust up. That's that's important because the speculation when you go on Twitter, when you go on reading these articles where this, I mean, shit sells, right? The mutt sells. That's what sells papers and articles and this and that. I want to go over this again. Trevor Zegers did not say anything about Troy Sketcher's father. Now, it was very inappropriate what was said, but it was not about his father who had passed um, a couple of years ago. So. Just leave it at that. You know, things happen on the ice. Stuff right. happens. Um, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this this kid's probably going to have to answer for this. And it's going to follow him around if it's super inappropriate. Guys are going to find out. And guys are going to make him pay for it. Anything coming from the league, you think? League investigation? I think I think the league will investigate this. I do. I think that the the league is um this is a big business. This is a big business and you just spoke about um you know Trevor Zegers being the face of what is it the NHL uh, uh cover 3. Yeah. So I think that they will look into us and they will they will try and find out uh, what was actually said and they will you know behind closed doors they will they will take uh, okay. So what are they going to do? So they're going to do an investigation, and then what? They're going to let's say, let's just say, know. let's. I say don't know they how do they run their business. Well, let me ask you something. Let's just say they do find out that maybe behind closed doors. Let's just say hypothetically, he did say something about his dad. Okay, is the league going to actually suspend him after doing an investigation? This is your cover boy, or are they going to just let it die down? He didn't say anything. It was over the line. Stetcher I don't said, know. Stetcher, I don't... Said, uh, Stetcher said he's not going to comment on it. Because if they don't do anything, and then all of a sudden, next time they play Arizona, and he gets he gets mopped up. Coverboy gets... Uh, you don't want your coverboy's face broken either, do you? Well, you know how after this all works. After you don't, you don't maybe take care of, a, of matters that you should deal with Internally, it's a because of the player that it is makes it even more interesting. Yes, but like I said again, um, this is the kid that's drawing. This is the kid that's drawing all the raves, man. You know, I know that. It, let's and bring it the All Star game at the one handed blindfolded goal. That's he why I think they're going to cover piece. it up. They are going to just shut this thing down. Yep. That's that's kind of. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. You know, this is this is an asset for for the National Hockey League. And that sucks he is an for asset. Stetcher. Well, listen, I mean, if Stetcher, St- St- it doesn't suck for Stetcher. If Stetcher wants to uh, basically tell people what he said, then that's that's enough to basically tarnish Trevor Zegers' name. Because if yeah. it's that oh. inappropriate and that terrible, all he has to do is say it to the media and say, this is what he said to me. And then, I mean... Okay, well, can't can't suspend can't suspend Stetcher when he cross checks Zegers in the face and breaks his nose. Can't can't suspend him for that. Look the other way on that penalty. And uh, and as I know, you're looking up right now. When do they play again? Uh, they they play them April eighth. So that's uh, you know the fourth last game of the season. For both those teams, and um, that game will mean a nothing in the standings. Both we'll teams it, are going to have to be ready for that one. That's for sure. We'll call that game the payback. All right. So uh, last week or two weeks ago, Ivan Provorov set the media world on fire when he decided not to wear the Pride Night uh, warm-up jersey that the Flyers were wearing in a game and uh, said in stated religious purposes. So the New York Rangers took it a step further uh, this weekend. And as a team, an organization, I should say, not as a team, as an organization decided that they were going to collectively not wear the Pride Night warm-up jerseys. So now here we are back with that same discussion. Yeah, so, I, I listen. I, I mean, the players did not know about it. It was written in an article that I wrote that, or that I wrote that I read that uh, the players did not know about, uh, um, or were unaware of the changes, and 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 they didn't have a vote on if they wanted to go out there and wear the jersey. It was just a uh, organizational decision on, you know, and I don't know where it came from. Obviously, it has to come from the top has to come from the very top. So you don't have to look any further to where this is coming from. This is um, a decision made from, is it Jim Dolan, James Dolan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, not saying that he's the one who made the decision, but you would think that this would have to go to the highest of, of rank. And uh, you know, I, again, like, I mean, so many people are losing their marbles over, you know, the, the New York Rangers organization, you know, are homophobic and, you know, it's just, it's just like, what, what, why are are the, why I, I said the same thing about Ivan Provorov, you know, in his decision. Okay. I said this, if I was, in the dressing room with Ivan Provorov and he does not want to put on that Jersey and walk out to support this. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I would say, sit in your stall. Do not go out for warm up. We will go out and we are going to support this. Okay. I wouldn't have a problem with it, but here's the thing. Every single player on the team in Philadelphia, put the Jersey on, went out, supported this but we're talking about the one player that didn't the one player that said, you know, my religious beliefs is that um, I I would prefer not to wear this Jersey. And now all of a sudden now we're, we're literally, you know, dragging Ivan Provorov's name through the mud because he's homophobic and he's this, he's that. 
And I'm just like, why can't we worry about the guys that are on the ice that are doing and supporting this situation? That's a, I, I, everything has to be about the negative. The media is all about the negative, whether you're in sports, whether you're in politics, everything is negative, negative, negative. I look at the, the Rangers. They made an organizational decision. Okay, move on. They just choose not to, to, to wear the jerseys. I don't know why the NHL puts the puts players or teams in this position in the first place. You know, and 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 listen, someone someone wrote to us. They wrote, well, because after our last show, we talked about when we talked about Provorov. They were like, well, what about uh, the military jerseys? And what if a player didn't want to wear a military jersey? Or why do you wear military jerseys? And and I mean, I and I think to myself. What is that? That's are what we, I think are, when I are hear we, that. Are we serious with this? With this question about military night? These men and women that are in the military are fighting for our freedom to have the freedom of speech that is being that is on display with these topics. They're they're not even to me. They're not even the same thing. If a Russian player were to say if a Russian player or a player from another country said, I don't want to put, uh, put on the military appreciation Jersey and go out for warm up because our countries are, are at, at ends with each other. That would there'd be, be a, there'd be, be a major issue a, with a that. major issue. They're I not, guess, I guess it goes back the to the Rangers. Are they disrespecting, you know, this, this community, this LG, um, B, TQ community is this is this wrong uh, of them as an organization because all teams have the ability to do and choose what they want to su- to support right military night or whether it's uh, hockey fights cancer night or LGBTQ night I mean every team has their own thoughts I don't I don't look down upon the new york rangers like they did something wrong where other people right now are are feeling like they did something wrong it does draw a massive spotlight on the franchise of so what spotlight are we talking about well a negative spotlight because that's what media is all about it's all about negative no one wants to sit there and talk about happy happy things because no one cares about happy things they want the dirt. They want to know what shit is happening around this world. And the dirt sells. Okay, right so now, I guess I you have guess. an organization that made it made a decision not to have their players wear colorful okay, jerseys and, and out for I guess warm-up. My question is Provorov, you know, he stated a reason. He gave a reason. Religious purposes. Okay, we all know how Russia feels about homosexuality. Okay. We already know this, but he stated religion. So what's this reason? Like, that's my question. What's the reason? Is it religion? I I don't understand because it's a league. It was a league wide initiative. So until this point, you had a player, a singular player step out from the step out of line, out of file. Right. And. That's v- very unusual. 
Okay, because most players just follow in suit. They follow in suit, and this guy goes and and does something against the grain. But now we have an entire organization. There would be one acceptable excuse, and I stated it off the start, and that is if one or two players said, guys, listen, I am religious, or I am this way, or I am whatever, and I don't believe in wearing the jersey, and the entire team said, we all do it or no one does it or something like that. Or there's two players yeah. and they said, we're not drawing a negative. We don't need a negative spotlight toward these two players. We're going to do it as a team. And maybe somebody higher up is taking, is taking the, uh, the heat for it. So yeah. who knows where it really, well, came here's the from. thing. It's and, like, and this is only an article that I wrote and it just said the players weren't aware. And right? but the what, league who? is stating that it's up to an individual team to do what they want with, with, uh, as, as an organization. And maybe they don't want to put it on the players. You can't talk NHL these days without talking about the Buffalo Sabres, because this team is now one point out of a playoff spot. You got Tage Thompson who should, and if they make it into the playoffs is without question, a heart trophy nominee. I can't say that he wins it, but nominee, but, here they are on the upswing where the teams that two teams that dominated for years are maybe on the downswing. It, it, it eventually has to happen, right? It has to happen. You know, uh, you, you just can't stay at the top forever. There, there's always going to be a transition. Um, the greatest teams always seem to be able to, stay at the top and kind of transition in these young players that learn from the, their elite players and they just recycle and the whole, the whole organization stays on top. But uh, I really see some kinks in the armor of Washington. I've watched a number of their games this year. They just look like they're, they're not the same team. Um, you know, um, a lot of players, TJ Oshie Backstrom is back from injury. Who's he's been injured a lot in the last number of years. Connects off. They're just not the same players as what they were five years ago. And they look slower and they don't, they don't have the same maybe supporting cast as what they had before because, you know, they were so dominant, you know, Pittsburgh, when you look at their team, they're stacked, they're stacked on paper, yeah, Crosby, on paper. Malkin, uh, Getzel, Russ, you know, Zucker. I mean, when you look at the, when you look at the lineup on paper, you're like, this, this team should be top five in the league. I think, I think the mistake, I think the mistake, and I I hate to say it as a mistake, but they probably should have let Malkin go. They probably should have let Latang go. They not not let him go. Traded they them. should have traded them. That's what I meant. I, I don't mean let that. them walk. Yeah, sorry, yeah. but they should have traded them last year. But the problem is they were in a playoff hunt, right? They were in a playoff hunt. So yeah, but if you're, are you worried about a playoff hunt that you know you don't have the team to do it anymore? Malkin looks like, you know, he's, he's awesome. I mean, he is, he's been one of the best players in the NHL for, for over a decade. They, they were in a major catch 22 because last year was the last chance they had to maybe go for it. We knew that on paper. No, on paper, no question without question. It was the last year 
for them to go for it. Some of these other teams are getting to be too good. Carolina's too good. Toronto, uh, uh, um, Tampa Bay, they're too good. Boston, they're too good. They're too good. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I mean, Boston's, now are Boston's a very old team. No, yeah, but they also have some good young players. That's the kicker. Like Pasternak's young, DeBrusque's young, McAvoy's young. That's kind of like their new core that they've developed while they still are getting the most. Like Pittsburgh doesn't have that. Pittsburgh yeah. has like other pieces that have had that have figured it out with your Getzels and other guys, but they don't have they, they've traded away all their first rounders over the years. They've traded them all away for guys like Zucker. They traded away, I think, a first years ago for Perron to Edmonton. Like they made all these moves, yeah, and they don't have these first rounders. So I guess my my point is, Riv, without talking too much about Pittsburgh, but it's relevant because that's why the Sabers are where they are. Yeah, look at Washington; they're all old dogs. They're they're old dogs that still have game, but they don't have enough around them because all the old dogs are making all the big money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I guess last year was the last year for Pittsburgh <clears throat> to really go for it. And they had to keep those guys to make a run and they were UFAs. So I think now it's time to move on from them after this year, you got to tear it down. And I think the they're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Then they six, should do it. Then they should do spend it. the last couple of couple years of his career, or at least his time in Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. Sidney Crosby should retire, uh, a Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Evgeny Malkin, I would be moving him along, not th- through disrespect of him because he has been one of the faces of the NHL for over a decade, well over a decade. Evgeny Malkin could be in a situation where he could go to another team and really be an unbelievable supporting staff to an already very, very good team to go on a cr- cup run. The amount that you would get for him um, is just it, it, they're pieces that you're using to rebuild the Penguins organization. And right now, you know, I I don't know their 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 thought process. And, and again, I don't want to sit here and talk about Pittsburgh because I really don't care about Pittsburgh at well, all. You, you you know, it's not about Pitt. This is this is not about Pittsburgh. It's it's more about Buffalo. But it's it's how is it. it for 10 years, 11 years, when Pittsburgh was dominating, Craig, Buffalo was at the bottom. Islanders were at the bottom. Devils were were the shit stains of the league. Carolina was the shit stain of the league. I mean, look at Tampa Bay for a long time was the shit stain of the league. Like, they had their time at the bottom while these Washingtons yeah. and Pittsburghs were the highlight real nights, rivalry yeah, you, night every here's fucking the thing. night for 10 years. You, you have Washington. Nice to see you them have fall Pittsburgh off, fall off the top here, but that bodes well because right now when you look at the Buffalo Sabers and 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 what they're doing with this team, you have you know a t- you know your top player in in Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin. They're both 24, 22, and twenty four years old. Alex Tuck's twenty five. You know Dylan Cousins twenty one. You know, you got Middlestat, Jack Quinn, uh, Jack Quinn, Paterka, Owen Power. I mean, this is the youngest team in the league, and what they're what you're seeing right now is a major change. It's like they've been in a cocoon, just just growing, and now they're ready to fly. 
And this team has taken off like guys like cage Thompson, you need, I always said that I said this two years ago, that in order for the Sabres to make a significant jump in the standings, they need someone to mature into an elite player in the game. Well, you have Cage Thompson, who's done that this year. You have Rasmus Dahlin, who I think has been one of the greatest defensemen all year long. You know, you have Alex Tuck, who's flourished into the player that he knows that he could be, and he's playing at the highest level. Dylan Cousins has taken major strides in his development. I mean, you just go through the team. There's there's players that have really taken off. And I don't think that they're, I don't think some of the players that we're talking about, um, a Dylan Cousins, a Jack Quinn, Paterka, Owen Power, who's three goals in those last three games. I don't think we've seen anything of what Owen Power is going to be in three years from now, four years from now. Same with Jack Quinn, Paterka. This team is going to be a very, very, very strong team. Well, even if even if Kevin Adams sat on his hands for the next two years, all he's got to worry about is getting these guys under contract, getting them under contract, so the salary cap is not in 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 hell. I think it's interesting you just said sit on his hands that you brought that up, and I I, I he won't. I don't think he will do that. By the way. He won't. He can't because they're so close right now. I mean, he's got to be wondering, what do I do? There's not a whole thing you want to do. Timo Meyer wants $9 million a year. I don't know that I can pull that right now. I just, I just don't. I don't know that I want to bring that in right now. Do we need him here? Timo Meyer would be a very welcome player in this lineup. At $9 million? Listen, you're 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 going to pay top end players a lot of money. The salary cap, Petey, we talked about this before. We're sitting at eighty three point five million dollars this year, and in the next two years, it's going to supposed to go up to around eighty eight. And from there, in four years from now, they're they're projecting that that salary cap is going to be at like ninety four million dollars. Ninety four. That's going up ten million dollars a year, or ten million dollars in the next four years. That's a projection. You're going to see players like we, we, I had a conversation the other day about Austin Matthews because we were doing the uh, um, um, sports net player cast. And I was talking to um, one of the people from sports net and, and uh, we were talking about Austin Matthews and said, how much money do you think Austin Matthews is going to make? So you have the top player in the league right now with Nate McKinnon makes 12.6. You have Connor McDavid who makes 12.5 and you have Austin Matthews who makes $11.6 million and he's got this year and one more. So at the end of this deal or at the end of this deal, he's an unrestricted free agent. This is one of the best players, top three players in the NHL. And I asked, I asked the guy, who's from Toronto said, what, how much money do you think he's going to make? He says, I, I see him making anywhere between 13 to 14 million per year. He goes, you got to realize that the, the cap's going up. The cap is going up and I'm th- sitting there thinking to myself, Oh my God, that's like ridiculous. And then what he said to me was, 
listen, it's not that much more than what he's making now. He's going to go from 11.6. And ultimately, you're just going to add on another, you know, two and a half million dollars or or even a million and a half. He goes, that's nothing. You know, what you're doing is you're ultimately just cutting out the middle player that makes around four and a half, five million. You're not paying that guy four and a half, five million. You're paying him three million. You're going to get a three million dollar player instead of four and a half million dollar player or a five million dollar player because that money, that extra money is going to go to Austin Matthews. So it's not egregious when you're thinking that the the best player in the game is going to change the course. And I guess, of the I guess my question is, and it's very easy for me to say this as a as a league minimum guy, is it more worth it for Austin Matthews to have that you know two million bucks more, or have a better third line winger, or? give a, a, a you know a million bucks extra to a better player to come to Toronto to two players and have a better team a well let's, team. I, I I can I can uh, give you a number to a guy that you can ask like a phone number or an actual yeah phone. I can I can have you phone a guy that wears number 87. This guy that wears number 87 I'm not going to tell you his name has won three Stanley Cups. And in doing so, he has made far less than what he should have made throughout his collective career. He's chosen to sign for less money than what his market value was was for. Sidney Crosby should be phoning Austin Matthews, and he's going to say, listen, Austin, you're going to make a decision. You're going to make a decision to make the most money and be the highest paid player in the, in the game and not have any Stanley cups at the end of your career, or you're going to decide to basically give Toronto a hometown discount and have them continue to build something great there because you're a top five team every year. Toronto's a top five team, but they're cash strapped right now. But in four years from now, the salary cap goes up $10 million. Austin Matthews decides that, listen, $11.5 million is a lot of money. I'll just, I'll take the $11.5 million because I want the third line to be a better third line than what it is now because that extra money is going to go towards making my team better. My team. It's Austin Matthews' team. It's not John Tavares' team. He's the captain. It's not Mitch Marner's team. It's Austin Matthews' team. And he's going to make a decision. His agent is going to help make a decision. We'll see. You're either going to take the money and set a new market, a new bar for players in the National Hockey League, or you're going to take, as we call it, a hometown discount that will give your team a chance in Toronto to win a Stanley Cup. Well, he's hurt again. He gets hurt a lot something you gotta just kind of keep in mind when it comes to austin matthews is that he he's had injuries year after year after year whether it doesn't wrist injury or other injuries right now i think it's a knee he was hurt earlier this year that's that's all i'm i'm saying about austin matthews is just gotta be very interesting to see how this season goes and next year yeah he played he played 82 games his first year as a rookie 
right? Yep. And uh, the next year, 62, the next year, 68, the next year, 70. Then he played 52, but that was the lockout year. COVID year. COVID year. And then uh, last year, he played 73. And this did, year, did you call he, the COVID year the lockout year on purpose? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I was just looking at the, the games played and lockout, uh, came to my mind, but last year he played 73 games this year. He's played 49, but the team has played how many 50, uh, 50. Well, this, he missed, he's missed two games now. He's, he missed back. He's missed back to back. So games, he, has, 51, he hasn't, he hasn't games. been, uh, he hasn't been hurt, but he's, he's going to be out for a couple weeks yeah. from, from what I read. He's, he's out. Uh, he's out for a couple weeks, three weeks. I, I I heard, so he's missed four games with uh, with Toronto right now. He'll be out for another number of weeks. Um, but they uh, spankied the Washington Capitals yesterday, five to one. Um, back to after, the Sabres. after they got spanked by Ottawa in their building, six to two. So yeah. you we also that did that game out. on the the player cast, and that was that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing for the Leafs. They're lucky they came out and beat Washington five to one after that that game. Yeah. So as for the Sabers, so what do they have to do? They have uh, Carolina in two days, and then they have a nice break. The whole league goes on break. They have the All Star break. I feel like you're just going to chalk Carolina up to a loss, or do they catch a Carolina team snoozing? But I don't think anyone's snoozing on the Sabers anymore. I think a lot more teams are paying closer attention when they play against Buffalo because of the, you know, you got your Darlene, you got your Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Alex Jeff, Tuck, Skinner, Jeff Skinner, Dylan Cousins, Cousins Victor Olofsson. Sorry to, yeah. I mean, you got to throw him. He's just, 20, hey, what? Hold Victor's getting a little love on the, uh, after the whistle podcast. I, you know what? It. Well, you know what? Here's he deserves the thing. It. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I like Olofsson. I do. I, I, you know, obviously I've, I worked on a project with him a few years ago when we were working for the team and, you know, I got to I got to meet him, and I I thought he's a really nice guy, really nice guy. I have yep. no problem with him. It's nothing personal. Sometimes you just you you just how like many times players to to add an element to their game. Not all the time, just a little yeah. bit sometimes. How many t- times when I talk about him have I basically said that he's a great hockey player? He's skilled. He skates well. He moves the puck. How many times have I said that? I just said that we might need a different style of player. That's it. And if you can't get that, you're not going to trade him. But right now, I mean, holy jumping. He is scoring some big goals for this team. He's playing some really, really good hockey for the team. You know, to support that Tage Thompson line, you can't just have one line and think that you're going to win games. On any team, is he a... I know you can put him on any team and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll get points and stuff on the power play and goals. But, but is he a, is he even a first or second line guy? I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like his shot is lethal on some teams on some teams. Yeah. Victor Olsen has been a first or second line player on the Sabres since he came into the league, played with Jack Eichel for a number of years, but that doesn't mean he belongs there. How many guys in the league could you say that about? Is Michael Bunting in Toronto a first line player? Yeah, but hold on, that's that's not fair, Mike. Oh. Because if because if Vic, if Victor Olafson were Michael Bunting, I'd have he he's a complimentary piece. Like if Michael Bunting were was on Victor Olafson's wing, 
that would make me feel a lot better for Victor Olofsson, to be quite honest with you. I'm just saying. Yep. Like, I think Victor Olofsson needs to play with a guy like, you know, Nick Ritchie or that other big beast out there, like a guy like Lawson Krause. You know what I mean? Those types of players. That, in in my opinion. So Michael Bunting, that's that's a guy with skill who plays with grit, who's definitely just feasting off playing with those two guys. You know, Olafson, that's the problem. I want to take Olafson off and put a guy like Bunting on. You know, maybe even bigger and maybe even more physical. But those guys are hard to come by these days. But what they need is to have a big game against Carolina and they need to squash the monster because they are on fire right now. They just beat Boston four to one in regulation. Boston hasn't been served up very many regulation losses. Powerhouse team. I, I said to you uh when we were off air before we were starting the pod today that uh I mean the Sabres have three games hand on Washington. They're two points behind. I look at Carolina and it's like can you honestly say that you expect to win that game? I think the Sabres have been a team that um, that can shown that they can beat anybody. They walked into Boston. I just I was like closing my eyes, like do- dozing off, thinking like they're going to get absolutely spanked in Boston. And they ended up winning in overtime. Carolina is 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 another team that they're they're literally a powerhouse. They're also a team that is coming off of a five game winning streak. They've uh, they're seven one and two in their last ten games. This team is so structured. Rod Brennamore has this team playing like an oiled machine. This is probably going to be one of the best teams that the Sabres have played in months. And I cannot wait to see what they're going to do. I hope, I just hope, because I've been there before. We've all been there before. Remember the All-Star break, Petey? You got one more game before the All-Star break and your bags are already packed. You've already got your like pina colada hat on and uh, you're already on the beach. We've, <laughs> I've, I've yeah. seen it. I've done it. I, I, I just hope that the Sabres can make this one count. This is a special one. Make this one count and catch Carolina sitting on the beach. Because if they win this game, holy jumping. Not only have they put themselves in a playoff position, it's the number one playoff position and they still have games in hand so well i'm uh i'm curious now hold on i gotta see if they play if carolina plays um before no oh yeah they're home to they're home to la the night before they come to buffalo so they're on a back-to-back so yeah i like your thought Maybe you catch Carolina in uh, in vacation mode, but I just like you said, Sabers can't afford to be there. They can't afford to be there. But I, I've been there. Oh my god! I used to love getting healthy scratch the last game before the uh, um, All Star break or Olympic break. Just you know, start started early, man. <laughs> That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.